I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, uh, Stalking Time for the Moon Boys listeners, and welcome back to Tim Hink's Toilet Man Part 2. The worst Lou mm. moment, where mm. none of these powers were any good for me. Yes. When you fly to Israel... Certainly this was true three or four years ago. When you enter Israeli airspace, mm. you have to sit down. Why? Security. They want to see that you're not allowed to stand up on the plane. Really? Yeah. So you're not allowed to use the toilet really? on the plane. Really? Yeah. Oh. So it's about an hour. Well, part of the problem is you don't... It sort of varies, and if they have to do a holding... So when they... The first time I went, I used to... I went quite a few times. Well, the first time I went, they told us that, you just remind you, you will have to sit down. And so throughout the whole flight, I was thinking... At what point yeah. will I empty my bladder so that yes. I know I'm ready? You know, so yeah. basically the entire flight was me getting up and down, getting thinking this is the moment. Right. Then there was the hour and so on, and it was really grueling. But I thought I made it right, so I, I made it. I sat down and, and 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 we landed. And of course, as is the law in these things, I didn't need the loo for about another six hours. Yeah. But it was purely psychological. On the way back, I thought, okay, I'm going to prepare myself for this. So when you first the first bit, you're not allowed to use the toilet. No, the the hour that you're flying. So, yeah, so, so on the way back, it's the first. Yeah, yeah. except that's not true. Oh. On the way back, 
because you've been through Israeli security, you're fine. Oh, you really? So they, okay. don't, they don't mind. I think that's the point. They're relying right. on other people's security. As right. Wow. So I thought, I felt this incredible relief. This is wonderful. So I took a massive slug, you know, I, I mean, sort of celebratory slug of water. Right. The toilets are free for the minute. Right, you were like, Had a glass of wine, maybe. You became toilet man. I became toilet man. Yeah. yeah. We've, we've redefined toilet man <laughs> yeah. in so many different ways. As someone who but freely uses the toilet. <laughs> And as if it was on tap, as it were. As it's got, <laughs> yeah. Sort of. Sort of um, is. Va- <laughs> but, um, yeah. And, and... I'm sort of wondering where this story is going. Okay, so... Did you, did you end up... Well... Incontinent? No, at no point does, does any story end up... And so I pissed myself. <laughs> yeah, just, that's, just to let that's you know. That's what I'm assuming. No, no, no. Then I couldn't get in the toilet no. and it was too late. But about an hour in... Yeah. Maybe an hour and a half. It's a four-hour flight. Yeah, it was hijacked. Uh, well, that would have been better. <laughs> yeah. If I'm honest. Uh, depending on how cruel the hijackers yes, were. I know they can be cruel. It might not have been better. Um, yeah. The pilot came on right. and said, in a very uh, sort of quite flip manner, you may have noticed that none of the toilets are functioning. <laughs> oh, no. That's because there's something wrong with our system. Like, right. He didn't mean capitalism. He yeah. meant the, literally the loo system. Yeah. And uh, we, Was it LL? We, no, it was British Airways. All oh, right. And um, he said, look, the thing is, we're an hour and a bit into the flight. We're not halfway. The important bit is we're not even halfway. So yeah. at least, so let's say there were three hours ago. Yeah. But we've decided to press on. We think that's better. So really sorry, but the toilet's going to be out of use. Oh, my God. <laughs> the rest of the oh, flight. God. And, um, and it was absolutely terrifying. I can feel now the sort of shudder of sort yeah. of... Like, so what happened? Well, so... Um, and by the way, he said... This is only about four years ago. He said... Gentlemen, you might be able to use a bottle. He made a joke of it. Right. And didn't say what women could do. You know, it was just hot. The whole thing How was just like... How could a toilet... Anyway, just, doesn't it just open up into the sky? Like, what can be that wrong? They must have thought of that. I don't know. It was oh. something to do with the the, the flushing system. Yeah, but like the flushing system on a plane... I don't think it's just... It's considerably a... less complicated than that in a house, isn't it? It's just a hole. That, like, I mean, you know, when you do it, I'm often a little bit frightened. True? I don't know if you are. Yeah, you it's always a out. moment when I'm a tiny bit frightened when I flush the toilet on a plane because there's a roaring sound that gives me a sense of, oh, what if I fell down that hole? I do think there's an Not interesting... that that's very possible, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's definitely not possible to fall down that hole. <laughs> yeah. But I think when I learned that it isn't like a hole that goes out the plane, yeah. I do buy that. Yeah. I'm not suggesting they're hiding this. But why does it suck it with such ferocious yes, intensity? Well, because I think you're going very fast and you're in the air... Right. And that's, I think it is just a hole yeah, but that's what that I mean. goes it, into the sky. They say is that right? Can that be true? I don't think that's true. Well, it doesn't seem to go to any septic tank beforehand. It Have just... you ever got a bit of toilet paper landing on your head yeah, but I don't under think a flight path? From the height of a plane, that a toilet paper would survive the drop, or indeed poo would survive <laughs> the drop. I don't know. Really? It's a good point, though. Why, why does it make such a terrible We point? would. If it's just going into a tank in somewhere else in the plane, why it does it make such a be, roaring sound? It seems to be the same noise the door flying open would make, doesn't it, on yes. a plane? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I've seen uh, films about plane accidents. Being sucked out. Always of a, fright, being sucked out of a yeah. plane, like the beginning of Castaway, for example, which is right. a plane. It's, yeah, it's the same That's, noise, yeah. only with slightly more impact. Yeah. By the way, when I said... Was it L Al? Yes. I thought there was an opportunity for you to oh. say, no, my hairdresser wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> Except it doesn't quite work because his name is Pete, but the shop is called Al. My Spanish hairdresser. Yeah, that's true. My superpowers returned okay. on that flight. Oh, yes. Is all I was going to say. And the flight, they, they'd locked the doors and, you know, the toilets. And I thought, with about 40 minutes to go, 
I'm desperate for pee. Yeah. And I was not going to use a bottle. So I just got up. Yeah. I thought, I'm going to pee. Went to the toilet, opened the lock on the outside of the door, opened up the lid and weed. Oh, so you did use the outer wall of the toilet? then walked back. That's amazing. Untouched. No one's ever done that. No. I think that is really a superpower. No one, <laughs> Thank you. No one has ever, on a plane, after the toilets have been announced as out of order, used the toilet. Right. I don't think. Well, I definitely did. And I'm speaking as someone who I recently did a show that your company makes called Unforgivable. And I talked about, it's a show in which you have to reveal. Yeah, I know. Bad, I know, but the listeners don't. Mm. It hasn't been on yet. Mm. Bad things that you've done. Uh, you're sort of confessing to it. And I confessed that I went to the toilet I had a big dump at my daughter's four-year-old birthday party at the fairy shop in Hampstead, which is in a basement. Uh, and I unfortunately did go for a dump. And when the door was opened, uh, there was a four-year-old, not her, waiting to go in, who just burst into tears uh, that from is smell. And then yeah. brilliantly as well, Tinkerbell, the woman who was dressed as Tinkerbell, came up to me and said, oh, you could lit a match, which was the most out-of-character <laughs> thing anyone's ever said, I think. Uh, but, but that was all in the point of saying that I, I really admire what you're saying even though I am someone who my wife says, why do you always go to the toilet, particularly dump toilet, like when you need to? Like most people, if they go right. for a dinner party at someone's house and need to do that, they won't. But you will, right? Or, wow. or maybe even when yeah. you're being shown around someone's house to buy yes. it, you're thinking, can I use the toilet? Yeah, be yeah. Right. I totally will use the toilet under almost any circumstances. Yes. I wouldn't have done that. I mean, maybe if I was really desperate, I guess I, I wouldn't have done. But you, I, I think yeah. I wouldn't have done because I'd be too worried that a whole plane in such a confined space would be looking at me thinking, what? I need to go to the toilet. That mm. bloke's you. Oh, I see. You know, and also of getting but arrested because I, they might think, well, it's out of order. He must be a terrorist. Wow, yeah. That's why would you go in the toilets if they're out of order? That's why it the superpower kicks in. It must be to blow yourself in. up. That's where the superpower kicks in. It just stops all the doubt. It and did no it. one say... No, nothing. No one looked at you, or you just, people must have looked at you, but you just... The superpower bounced off. Stop, stop me seeing it, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, can I just bring it back to the thing that I had about David Bowie prepared? Yep. Um, and we've gone a roundabout way to get to it. But there's a story in the paper today, part of my new system of yeah, checking a, uh, Bowie Google News. It's take, only taken me three years to think of that. It's amazing. So you put his name as in material. and you press news. You press news. Uh, is that he had a row with Lorne Michaels of SNL. He was on SNL a few times. Yeah. And this is an odd thing. Bowie got cross because Lorne Michaels wanted to do a comedy thing. Uh, the gist was, this is Bowie speaking now, was that I was somehow roped into a low-budget tele-advert for a Brooklyn bakery. They wanted me to sing about their pastries. One of the things they came up with was a version of Watch That Man, but instead I would sing Try Our Flan. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? That's amazing. So, Lorne Michael said, I've got a really funny idea. <laughs> like, there's this local Brooklyn bakery, and it'd be really funny if you th- you sing Try Our Flan, <laughs> and, I mean, you know, I-, I think of Bowie as sometimes a bit of a diva, but to be fair to but him... But hang on, so he didn't do that in the end? Right, while signing off on the humorous lyrical adjustment, Bowie had an issue with how the producers wanted him to pronounce the word flan. <laughs> now, that seems a bit odd. Is that how, an American thing? Like, how many how many different how ways many, are there? There's only one way. The word flan. 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 Try our uh, flan. Can, do you know who... Do you, you can't do a Dr. Evil impression, can you? I mean, you look a tiny bit like him. <laughs> uh, you know, not from, a million pounds. Not really. Yes, I mean, I yes, can say yeah. a million pounds. Yeah, well, he's Lorne Michaels. That's who that's based Is on. Is that right? Yeah, it's totally based, uh, based on Lorne on. Michaels. 
well, it's almost it's not, exa- well, it's not him, but it's right. Incre- that's quite an important. Uh, but he both looks like okay. and sounds. Inc- right. I met Lord Michael. Well, sounds incredibly like him. Yeah, and so Mike we, Myers was on SNL for many years. So we think Bowie didn't do that. He objected to it, but it's a brilliant thing to ask him to do, isn't it? I think you'll like this. Is what Lord Michael said later of the issue. Uh, it's kind of because it's kind of TV exec speak, but it's sort of slightly tongue in cheek. David is a man of the world, Lord Michaels later said. He's seen it all, and he takes food very seriously. <laughs> I get that. But when you're running a big live production, last-second changes can be complicated. It's a very odd thing to say. But that's surely of his take. That's it might be of his take, although apparently he wasn't on it for a few years after that. Then eventually he was allowed back, but he then hit back by playing scary monsters, which Lorne had told him not to play because it was a triggering for Lorne. Bowie says, uh, we got to talking about this at dinner one night. Lorne told me that uh, he had a hiatus from SNL and he described how much cocaine he did while listening to Scary Monsters. This is Bowie speaking now. Mountains and mountains, sometimes straight off the record sleeve. Those are his words. I want to be clear about that. So he said, don't play Scary Monsters. It'll bring me back to my cocaine years. I mean, Bowie could have said, but every song I play brings me back to my cocaine years. Incredible. Yeah. What? It's uh, an amazing story. Let's just consider for a second... The flan thing. Well, I suppose what I'm thinking in my head, which annoyingly I haven't got anything, is what other bakery-style lyrics you could have with Bowie. It must be yeah. so obvious. But what, here does? I mean, that's rubbish. Here does is absolutely terrible, but better <laughs> but than I'm I could. I forgotten. can't come up with anything at the moment. I think you have to... What can you do with donuts? I think you might be reverse engineer, yeah, from bread. Bagels. Bre- bread, OK. Bagels. No, the bread. Bagel Brothers. <laughs> terrible. That's rubbish. It's absolutely rubbish. Uh, <laughs> bread, surely. Uh, Cake. What? Cake. Something uh, cake. <laughs> bread. Bread seems so easy because it's. Um, but you can't have. Well, you can have bread. We are the bread. Of, we are the bread. Of, is good. Of diamond dogs. Of diamond dogs. We are the bread. Is is very uh, good. Yeah. Okay. Now. now okay. Andy Warroll. See, so you're very good at this. Andy Warroll is brilliant. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So Bowie could have said, "Well, I won't do watch that flan." I'll do Andy Warroll. Try out flan. You see, last there would last, have been a pronunciation last episode thing. of the episode before we talked about how on that um, chopping board. Uh, now yeah. I can't remember it exactly. What is it? Put on your apron and dice the stews <laughs> is an absolutely terrible reworking. Yeah. It's hardly a reworking of put on your red shoes and dance the blues. Blue, right? yeah, yeah. I'd say it's slightly better than try our flan for watch that man. No, the only thing I think is brilliant is it's a it's a Bowie fan song to choose. Yes. It's not an obvious song, Watch That Man. It's not It's not the complete What is obscure, the um, lyrics to Watch That Man leading to it? Uh, she talks like a judge. Jerk, she's, but she's jerk. something for the fork and spoon. She can eat him with a fork and spoon. She can eat him with a fork and spoon. Well, that's easy. She can yeah, eat yeah. it with a fork yeah. and spoon. Yeah. Try our flan. Must have been that. flan. Oh, no, hang on. Does that come after? She walks like a... No, that's the end bit, isn't it? It's even better. She walks like a jerk, but she could eat him with a fork and spoon. Mm, and then must be in tune. It must be must in tune. Be in tune. Yeah. yeah. Try our flan. But that's yeah. that's must be Jake why Lorne was thinking. Jake threw a party that lasted all night. I mean, well, again, yeah, Jake I mean, threw a party that lasted all, all night. night. Thankfully, he went to we this Brooklyn bakery to open, cater it. It's open 24 hours. Yeah. So that's what's so good about that. Yeah. It's an odd idea. But here's the thing, that when Bowie came back in 1999, right, here's a really weird thing. He uh, was on the show with Jerry Seinfeld, right? On what show? On Saturday Night Live? On Saturday Night Live, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I haven't got any footage of the actual show, but they did a little um, thing. This is an intro to that episode. Right? Okay. Now, there's something I don't get, and I apologise, listeners, because I think it's a bit racist. Okay. Right? I'm not sure if it is or not. Okay. So I'm, I want to know what you yeah. think, okay, with the bit. So this is Bowie and Jerry Seinfeld talking about the upcoming Amazing. show. Right? 
uh, that they're going to do. So, uh, Chris Rock tells me you have a black wife. Iman, yes. But uh, you're English, so. I don't get it. No. Well, Bowie's doing a kind of Stan Laurel sort of look away, like sort of slightly troubled look away. That's but I don't get what, it. So what comes next? What are these? Well, then they he... move on. Why are we out here together? Well, I'm hosting the show next week, and you're the musical guest. You're going to sing uh, Changes? <laughs> yeah. Are you going to do the uh, Lost Sock bit? Yeah. <laughs> see you next week. Yeah, yeah, see you. That's quite funny, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. That's quite funny. Bowie does it well. That is such an odd comment, isn't it? You're, I guess you're, you're English. What your is that? black wife, wife is sort of quite aggressive and feels... Yeah, it's an odd weird. start. It's an odd start. Chris so Rock tells me you've got a black wife. I suppose and he goes... I, I, at first I thought it was a pun, because he goes, Iman. He doesn't say, yes, her name's Iman. He just goes, right. Iman. And so I just thought, is that going to lead to a pun? Yeah. You know, a bit right, like, right. like my dog's got no nose. And he says, no you're nose. English. It's not delivered with the comfort when he says, but your English seems... It seems... What does it mean? It sounds like he's saying, I would expect that of someone who's English. Yes, Otherwise, but, it's really but, racist and weird. But and why is... It, but I don't even understand the racism. No, Be- what's he because, getting... At? Because actually, Americans in general are always surprised when English people are of any ethnicity whatsoever. Think, they kind of think there's no yeah. British black people and no Amer- uh, British Jewish people. They're always slightly surprised that British people aren't just like Churchill. Yeah, and so maybe it's his delivery, but that's what he sort of meant. He's yeah, sort of frozen. Jerry... You know, his delivery tends to be pretty good. Exactly. Do you think it's a reference to something contemporaneous that we've forgotten about, that's some sort of topical mm. thing? It's really odd, isn't it? It's really odd. I don't get it. I'll uh, tell you what I don't like about that, is that we'll never find out. Yeah, well, I feel like, how will we, we ever find out? We could put it out there. Uh, Why? You know, what did so that mean? If anyone can tell us yeah. what that joke is about, I, I don't get it. I mean, the only thing I, I... There is one thing it could possibly be, which is like... Race relations are so bad in America that that you know that, that would be like a bit a big thing. Okay, so he's making for a an point. American. Well, that's what I mean. Imagine that. But it was. It's 1999. It's not 1874. Where this no, but went imagine out. that week there'd been someone something had said about sort of anti um, marriage, you know, mixed race marriage, and, and and there'd been some statement, and he's being sort of slightly uh, provocative. And I don't know. Uh, I mean. David must have got the script. I mean, there is one. Really there, I tell you, now, there's one possibility mm. which we haven't even thought about, which of course is David is not. We've said this before. Really, a great comedian, but thought no. he was. Maybe David wrote the bit. Oh god, and it just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> maybe David wow, said yes, to Jerry. That's a good point. Maybe David said to Jerry, "Okay, we're doing a bit." Jerry wrote the second bit, which really does work, about yeah. you're doing changes, yeah, you're doing the sock bit, yeah. right? That really works. Right? But David said, hey, I've come up with an idea. And Jerry, even Jerry Seinfeld, was too embarrassed to say to David Bowie, "Yes, doesn't really work, David. It's a bit weird, a bit racist. I think, yeah, I think the other way is, is that it's because it's Chris Rock. Chris Rock is making a statement saying, we don't do that enough in America, but in Britain it's more liberal. Well, that's not a joke. No, no, it's not. <laughs> we'll, ne- well, let's put it out there. I okay. met Jerry Seinfeld years ago doing a terrible show. What was it? Uh, it was called The Marriage Ref. Oh, yes. Did you do The Marriage Ref? producer of it. Were you on it? I seem to remember being asked to do it, and then Jonathan, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, did it. I remember that. And it was hosted by Dermot. Yes. And both of those people were brilliant. The format just wasn't very good, but it was Jerry Seinfeld was executive producer of it, and he right. brought it here. 
And it was one of those slight, if I'm honest, slight feet of clay things where you're thinking Jerry Seinfeld is a genius, but he's doesn't seem to be that good at TV formats. I yes. mean, they're hard. So what happened? It when you went met... on air. No, and... but what happened when you met him? Oh, I see. Oh, I'm desperate for the toilet. So yeah. I have to go. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I spoke to, I mean, honestly, it was like one of those meet and greet right. things, you know. Just hello. Uh, where I was quite determined to say hello. Yeah. And said hello, and he said hello back, and I thought, I think we're done. Right, okay. One of my better showbiz animals. I worry that the weird thing that's happened in this podcast is that the toilet stuff was hilarious. And then when I brought it back to Bowie, it's just not quite... People just thinking, what? That's a really weird bit. It's a bit depressing. <laughs> Do you think that's happened? Um, there is another story, possibly funnier story, about how Freddie Mercury once sold David Bowie, I think, some shoes on Portobello Road, just around the corner from here. Right. And what I like about it is the story is told on this website with the words and the rest is history. <laughs> I thought, like, that's not history. Like, I've never no. heard that Freddie Mercury sold David Bowie some shoes. Well, I don't think that's what... No, no, they is... do mean that. So I'm going to have to go to it now. Uh, they don't uh, mean they, they both... No, they don't mean okay. the rest is history like Freddie they was both like a big star. Right. No. Uh, they... Hang on. Yeah. David Bowie met Freddie Mercury before they were famous. Oh, yeah, it's a completely different one. But Alan Marr was bootmakers to the stars. In Kensington Market, Freddie and Roger were burgeoning musicians who worked at a clothes and jewellery shop. Freddie came to work for me in 70. He stayed until 74. What? That can't be right. Weren't they, like, hugely... Working in a shoe shop at the height of his fame. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, unfortunately, this is not the version that I should... I... Saw one day Bowie was strolling around Kensington Market when he chanced upon Alan Marr's stall, complete with his assistant Freddie Mercury. Well, that must uh, be it, isn't it? Space Oddity had been a hit, but he said he had no money. Uh, and uh, Freddie Mercury said, Typical music beers. I said, Look, have them for free. And so there was Freddie Mercury, a shop assistant, giving Pops, giving David Bowie a pair of boots he couldn't afford to buy. Now, sadly, this is not the website. I read this morning, which before it told that story said, and the rest is rock music history, and then told that story. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, well, no, that, right. I mean, it is rock music right. history, yeah. but not rock music history that no. anyone really knows no, about. No, I've never, I've never heard that. Yeah. What I did watch last night on Amazon Prime yes. is, have you seen it, the documentary that links, well, it's not that hard to link them, Bowie, Lou Reed and Iggy Pop. It's really not hard to link them. It's not hard at all. I mean, it, it, Bowie, a documentary that links and you in a, a documentary about well, all three of them. So I don't mean it seems to have come up with the evidence that they might have worked together. <laughs> yeah. we all know. What I mean is it's about three of them. It's called the Holy Trinity or is something. Is it? Oh, that sounds brilliant. Well, see, okay, is let's make that homework for the next one. Have a okay. look. I think it's sort of, of course it's brilliant on one level because there's lots of footage and and uh, it's quite a nice angle when we're always looking for new, you know, just to say, let's look at those three and it looks them between 71 and 73. I think the problem is... You get a sense for these docs very quickly, don't you, about how they're going. And it starts... This is what wound me up, and I couldn't quite get back from it. It starts with Bowie in 72. and oh, Sorry, at the end of Ziggy. So, yeah, uh, the final performance. And he does his... Um, not only is this the last... Yeah. By the way, the thing about when he says not only... I'm not going to say... I mean, we know he does the... This we'll ever do. We'll ever do. But the other thing, which... Have we ever spotted this... Which is really clear and sort of odd. He's, he's, he goes, not only is this the last show of the tour. I think, yeah, he just like had some slight it, estuary vowels, didn't he? It's really pronounced. Um, so he says it's not the last show of the tour. Yeah. And he goes into that. And what the voiceover does is say, 
something to the effect of with in this moment Bowie brought to halt the sort of super galactic tour he'd made of the astral pre- right, as he landed on Earth annoying. I think no no he didn't do that at all no he didn't do that like that's nobody's so, done that that's so annoying it's, what you mean is he wrote one famous song Space Odyssey which is about space Starman sort of about space but isn't really yeah. anyway he's not a spaceman he's he doesn't actually travel a space to space man. he's not a supernatural being he no. took on some of the fo- and it just it just put me off in that yeah. lazy no, that is totally annoying. Bowie way yeah it's totally annoying but I think it, possibly we could go out on the question uh, if in, I don't know, not that long ago, or in 1978, someone had said Bowie, Lou Reed, Pop, who's going to be the survivor right. of those three in 2020, who would you have said then? Oh, I see, literally living. Yeah, who do you thought would, would yeah, outlast yeah. the others? Yeah, would you? I would you, say Iggy's going to be the last one. Even though they both, or they all, yeah. all three of them were living no, very, true. very yeah. extreme lives and taking yeah. too many drugs... Yeah. Iggy Pop was doing that and yeah. cutting himself yes. up. And yeah, yeah, no, no, there's no question about that. He's done, there's that sort of Keith Richards, or not that any of the Yes, he is, a, done, he is kind of Keith Richards. It's that, that, that sort of like, um, yeah. sort of, it's a weird thing, that, isn't it? That some pop stars seem to have a bit like you do when you're going to the toilet. <laughs> they seem to have an Iron Man suit around them, whatever they do. Don't forget, I'm talking here effectively as David Banner, so I don't really know that I've got that superpower. Even right. I mean, I've heard David it. Banner does know he's the Hulk. He does. He does. Know he's that's the Hulk. why he, he says you won't like done. me when I'm angry. No, that's very that's true. That's a bit like you saying, yeah. you won't like me if I need to go to the toilet. <laughs> you will perfectly. You will <laughs> no, like me. You won't like me, but I won't care. I think, I think more specifically, you won't question me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's toilet. like or not like. You can. I yeah. don't think it's that. That it's again just... is quite Darren Brownish. <laughs> you won't question me when I go to the toilet, and then weirdly, every time you walk into the toilet, no one even sees you. Exactly. But <laughs> or maybe they do see you and they want to question you, but they can't and they don't know why. Yeah, they they yeah. well they look back at it and think whether you want to say why didn't you question them? And they just do that sort of. Uh, yeah, but he totally knows he's the Hulk, but I don't know. He knows, but he doesn't know what he's done. Yeah, he doesn't exactly know, he what, doesn't he's know done. what he's done as the Hulk. No. So he sort of wakes up, doesn't he, with a sort of he sore wakes head. Up with, and clo- his clothes are ripped. Yeah. Which I've always thought that's... I mean, I think we're in the realm of very nursery stand-up here. But it is the case that his clothes get ripped, and yet somehow the Hulk is always wearing boxer shorts. There is it's that. It's kind of weird. It's like all his other clothes get completely ripped off. Yeah. But the trousers, they get a bit ripped, but somehow they're elasticated yeah. enough. Even though his waist is, what, maybe four times what it is as David Banner? Oh, easily. Yes, that's a good question, actually. I mean, if you watch the Avengers films, they yeah. make Hulk like more stronger than virtually anything on Earth. Yeah. Like, he's like their secret weapon, isn't he? Yeah, and well. he's incredibly strong and incredibly big. Yeah. Um, he still wears boxer shorts. But he still... I don't know if he wears boxer shorts. <laughs> but does he wear boxer shorts? But he wears yeah, some... well, he's Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's a sense in which the Hulk has a costume in the way that no. when the... No, he has the, sort of anti-costume. When, he like... A, yeah, he breaks it. The Flash or whatever turns yeah. into the Flash. Yeah. He's got a costume. Or like when I turn into a w- When you turn into a toilet man. man, you've got, like, a toilet on. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the Hulk is just whatever Mark Ruffalo, whoever it might be, David Banner, is wearing, he's wearing the remnants of that. And yet... The pants always become oversized. Yeah. Yes, I see what you mean. I think there's a clear reason for that, which is otherwise you'd see a very big green penis. <laughs> that would cause problems with the rating. Yeah, no, that definitely would. Um, Although it would look incredibly like broccoli. 
Uh, it, with a big green penis look incredibly like broccoli? Yeah, I suppose it would. I'm it assuming would, he's got green pubic would, hair as well. It would look like one of your five a day. There's no <laughs> question, which would be off-putting. But, but I think that the other problem I think I've always had with the Hulk, seeing as that's what this podcast is now about, <laughs> yeah. is... I think we've just got to put some distance between everything they, we say and the David Barry, Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> racist joke. They have a problem with, I think, anger calibration. Right. In that... In the, I think in the original comic, but certainly in the TV series, what turns him into the Hulk in the title sequence is fixing a tire. All right, and he's it? doing a jack on yeah. the tire, and he slips his hand slips, and, and he, he sort of hurts, hurts his hand. Right, in a way that is ow annoying, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But that's what tips him into the right. Hulk. Yeah, if I'm that is funny actually because yeah. I see what you mean. Is that I think in the films now it's like the world is about to end. It's and, it, then, and, he, and then he gets really cross. And I'd say more than that. You see, it's in not like he's banged his game head. With it. Yeah, it's not, it's, and he's trying to make himself angry, and he can't. Yes, that's right. Whereas, you know, I think if and, it took, hang on, yeah. you can just do it by getting a jack wrong. Yeah, it's like so, I've got no signal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah so, no, that's not enough. It's not, <laughs> yeah. That was very like you turning the whole thing. Thank you, thank you very um, much. Uh, but, we're going to have to stop because you have to go right. home. Yeah. What did you have to do? You had to take your daughter somewhere. Yeah, I got Bristol. to take my daughter to Bristol, yeah. Okay. Let's go out on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think well, people let... like to look into our lives in that way. <laughs> we could end on the one good thing about the Amazon thing, which I hadn't realised. Maybe you had. No. Which is that the piano on Perfect Day, hmm. I think I'm right in saying. I haven't watched this thing, so how would I no. know this? So No, but do you know anyway? I know that there's piano on Perfect Day. But do you know who played it? I never knew it was David Bowie, if that's what you're going to no, tell me. No, Mick Ronson. Mick Ronson? That's what I think I learned. Okay. I've been looking for a piano tuner recently. Yeah. And I'm part of this website, not website, sort of like email round robin thing of my local street. And someone told me that there is a someone who we can get. Uh, and his name, I think, is Bruce Garson. Oh. Right? And I said to Dolly, who plays yeah. the piano, I said, oh, this is a guy called Bruce Garson. And then it struck me, she said, maybe he's a relative of Mike Garson. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but wouldn't that be brilliant? Because the way Mike Garson plays yeah. is sort of like someone tuning a piano. <laughs> isn't I it? see what you mean. Yeah, it's yeah. like so if you were there, you just yeah. heard that, you'd think like, is that Mike yeah. Garson or is that someone tuning a piano? <laughs> he seems one of the most surviving people. The who, most surviving people? Yeah, is like, that a category? No, that's not a category, but I've said it anyway. Uh, I follow him on Twitter. Here we go. What's he doing now? There we go. Let's play this. Yeah. What's that? It'd be great if he stopped now and used a spanner to just adjust one note. <laughs> this is his version of Space Oddity, by the way. Surely, surely you could tell. Wow. A song he didn't play on, of course. Rick Wakeman played on it. Did he? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Anyway, we're going to get on mic. We'll see you next time. How lovely. 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.